Hello, you're listening to Dear Reader, a book talk show featuring chatty librarians bringing you reading recommendations and a whole lot of book loving. I'm Justine Hanna, here with my fellow librarian and bibliophile Natalie Mason, and we're coming to you from Melbourne Library Service. Hi Justine. Hi Natalie. Can you hear me? I can. Are you a good listener? I think so. Great. Where could you be going with this? Well... I'll go back to the script. <laughs> Today, we're talking about what we're listening to. Yay, I'm listening to you. That's great. And you're what, listening to me, yep, which is highly well, unusual, am I? actually. I think I might be thinking of something else. <laughs> no, really, what we're talking about is audiobooks. Yay. Yes. Well, not really, but okay. Oh, controversy <laughs> and we've barely begun. Let me go on. I'm so pleased to introduce our special guest and colleague, Shirley. Welcome to Dear welcome. Reader. Oh, thank you. Hi, Justine. Hi, Natalie. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hello. It's such a pleasure to be here because you do know that I am quite possibly your biggest fan. I believe it. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I, think, I think I am. I'm quite flattened. I mean, flattered. Oh. <laughs> Um, Shirley, yeah. I've yes. heard you referred to around the library as the queen of audiobooks. Yes. That's usually by us, mind you. But that's a, <laughs> that's a title bestowed upon you. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think I'll start off by just saying that I am an audiobook addict mm. and proud of it. Good on you. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so what's the experience like of listening to books for you? Describe it for us. I think... Listening to books is an absolute pleasure because as children, we're read to all the time. But suddenly when you become an adult, that doesn't happen anymore. And with an audiobook, I think that's the closest thing we get to being read to in person. That's lovely. Yeah, and that... And sometimes it's the reader that helps oh, yes. the experience along. The, oh. narr the narrator has a huge part in an audiobook yeah. connecting For me, with you. if I actually find a good narrator, then I never let them go. Oh. You know, or, you know, that, that's their make or break. It, you know, I'm... I'm I'm a late comer to the audiobook craze. Uh, I have been enjoying some and I have not enjoyed others. And honestly, the content really doesn't matter to me. It's that voice in my head. Yes. The one that's in my ears. Wow. You know, I mean. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And the types of audiobooks that we like to listen to? Does anyone have a preference? Fiction, non-fiction, bit of both? Well, again, for me, I really struggle to find uh, fiction audiobooks that I can listen to because the, sometimes the way that the narrator makes the character sound is so completely different to how I think of them in my head. It's too jarring for me. There's very, very few fiction books I can listen to. Uh, but I love listening to non-fiction, particularly memoirs. Hmm. Yeah. What about you, Shirley? I think fiction, what I listen to in fiction is often different to what I read in fiction. And I think with listening, it has to be quite plot driven, not very complicated, not very descriptive, just a lot of action, quite a lot of dialogue. I think that's the thing that is the most engaging in an audiobook. And how do you find it, though, when a narrator is a single narrator and, and they're putting on voices? Like, that really bugs me. I don't no, like it. Unless they're brilliant. I love it. Really? Yeah. I, I listen to Rachel Griffiths narrate The Dressmaker, mm -hmm. and she just has such a broad range of accents. I mean, she's acted in a number of American TV shows, but The Dressmaker is a, a wholly Australian book. So she did every kind of country mm. Victorian accent she could find. They were really broad and, and a lot of different age groups, and that is a really dialogue kind of driven book and I thought she did a fantastic job. She was utterly engaging. Yes. I don't know if I would have made it through the book without her kind of amping it up for me and, ha and hamming it up for me in some ways. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The Interesting. best one I've ever, ever listened to. 
is Stephen Fry narrating the Harry Potter series. Wow. Now, honestly, I would quite like Stephen Fry to come and live in my house <laughs> and sit on the end of my bed and read me stories. And him narrating Harry Potter was probably the closest you would get to that. Uh, but that was an absolute pleasure because, again, he did all the characters, all the accents, and it was just wonderful. Mm. I think there's something to be said for an actor or a comedian Absolutely. reading, whether it's non-fiction or fiction, that sense of timing yes. and that ability to, to, you know, change their voice is, is pretty spectacular. Mm. Uh, but that said, having a narrator that is also the author, particularly with memoir, can give you a sense that they're talking to you, they're, they're, yes. they're divulging personal information about their own life to you. And I think mm. when I was listening to Yasmin's story, um, I felt like she was ringing me up to just tell me another instalment about, you know, something that had happened in her life. And I felt like it was a real kind of personal connection. I didn't have the same sort of Stephen Fry, please sit on the end of my bed <laughs> um, moment. You'd be the only but, one. But... <laughs> But I did feel like then you know the the narrator of the book, the author of the book, was telling me a personal story about mm. their lives, and I think that that when it's audio read by the author and it's a memoir, it gives you that connection. Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah. And they're so popular these days, audio. I mean, I, like I said, I came on sort of late to this bandwagon, uh, but I'm here now. I'm we here don't, now. We don't take any marks off. <laughs> um, but why do you think it is that audio books are on the rise in especially Australian markets? It's, they're so easy. They're so easy to listen to. They're utterly yeah. portable. I mean, we all carry telephones in, in inverted commas because the, the actual function of making a phone call is, the, <laughs> is not what they're designed to do anymore, really. They're not shaped for your head in any way. They're shaped like a computer. But, you know, they store data, they carry audio files and having, you know, having a, set of, a decent set of headphones and all of a sudden you've got a portable you know, a portable library in your pocket. It's mm. amazing. Yeah, I think it's also because people are busy, people are time poor, mm. and audiobooks means that you can read, in inverted commas, while you're doing other things. True. So. Although I, I, I sort of struggle with that point of being time poor when it takes me, you know, nine hours to listen to a book or I can just read it in a couple of hours, like, like two, uh, maybe yep. three. It's because you're a power reader. <laughs> ah, I suppose. I still enjoy it sometimes, but yeah. yeah. Yes. No, anyway. I I, I, <laughs> walking, commuting. It has changed my commute. I actually yep. enjoy my commute now. Mm. It is a totally different, um, mm. a totally different way of enjoying being out in the world. Mm. Uh, but also cooking. I listen while mm. I'm cooking. Yes, I would never get a meal up. If that yeah. was the case. <laughs> not not vacuuming. That no. doesn't work. Really? What if it's well, in you your headphones? You can't hear it okay. properly. All right. <laughs> yeah. I haven't experimented with that, but you've saved me some time. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I normally say before we get started, but anyway, we'll just, we're started. Um, but we want to remind our listeners that you can download Dear Reader episodes at SoundCloud and iTunes by searching for Melbourne Library Service and subscribing. And all the books we mention will be listed on our show notes, which is on our Goodreads page. You can find that via our website at www.melbournelibraryservice.com.au you on the read page all right let's start talking about listening justine would you like to go first why i might just do that thanks natalie pleasure <laughs> 
So the first audiobook I've picked for today will come as no surprise, it's a memoir. Um, as I've said earlier, really for me, I love, um, if I'm going to listen to someone, I want to hear the writer telling me in their own words their story. And so um, one of the books I'm talking about is Flesh Wounds by Richard Glover. That's written by Richard Glover and narrated by Richard Glover, all importantly. It's about, well, it's exactly seven hours and 12 minutes long <laughs> and it was released in 2015. To be honest, I wasn't actually all that interested in the book Flesh Wins when it first came out. I'd heard it was quite good though, but it didn't grab my attention for whatever reason. I do like Richard Glover's voice and having listened to him on the podcast Conversations with Richard Feidler, so many Richards, um, when he was speaking about his book, I felt that I'd really like to listen to him telling me his story. Flesh Wounds is about Richard Glover's family. His favourite dinner party game is called Who's Got the Weirdest Parents? It's a game he always thinks he'll win. And why wouldn't he? With his mother, a deluded snob who made up large swathes of her past and who ran away with Richard's English teacher, a Tolkien devotee, nudist and stuffed toy collector. Then there was his father, a distant alcoholic who ran through a gamut of wives, yachts and failed dreams. And then there was Richard himself, a confused teenager, vulnerable to strange men, trying to find a family he could belong to. As he eventually accepted, the only way to make sense of the present was to go back to the past. But beware of what you might find there. Truth can leave wounds, even if they're only flesh wounds. It's part poignant family memoir, part rollicking venture into a 1970s Australia. It's actually a book for anyone who's wondered if their family is the oddest one on the planet, which I think we all have done at some point in our lives. But the answer is no, there is always something stranger out there. This was a beautiful book to listen to. The author is uncomfortably honest about his family and childhood, which makes it a powerful read. But he's also very funny, and so this lightens the burden on the reader slash listener. He has a lovely, gravelly, very Australian voice, which he uses to great effect, especially when describing some really quite terrible experiences. And he's a great teller of quirky tales in a self-deprecating manner. The first half of the book outlines his childhood and relationship with his parents, whilst the second half outlines his journey to find out his family history and perhaps find answers to why things were the way they were when he was growing up. The self-deprecation and matter-of-fact style does underplay some key elements um, and events in his life, and it's only at the end of the book do you realise their significance. I've found it a bit of a slow burn at times, but with enough humour, pathos and just raw honesty to make it well worth the effort. So that was Flesh Wounds by Richard Glover. Have you guys read that one? No, I haven't, but I think I'd quite like to listen to that one. His Sounds voice, great. His voice is really good. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, for me, it's that, that mm. voice that gets me going. And yeah, I, I start listening to some and then I go, nah, can't stand that voice. Nah, can't stand that voice. <laughs> and then I settle on, on one and I'm like, ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> now, Shirley, what is your first audiobook pick for the day? Well, the, one, the first one I'm going to talk about today is actually also a memoir, and it's Not My Father's Son, written and narrated by Alan Cumming. Uh, I think most of you will know Alan Cumming. He is a very popular Scottish actor, known most recently for his role in the Emmy Award-winning TV series The Good Wife. He's also a stage actor and has played Hamlet and Macbeth, and he achieved critical acclaim for his role as the MC in Cabaret, on Broadway, and in the West End. And he's even voiced a Smurf in the Smurf movie. <laughs> wow. He's, so, he's adorable. He's just <laughs> an all-round amazing, talented person. So, Not My Father's Son is Alan's memoir. 
So in 2010, Alan was asked to appear on the BBC series, Who Do You Think You Are? Alan readily agreed, as he was keen to discover what happened to his maternal grandfather, World War II hero Tommy Darling, who disappeared in the Far East under mysterious circumstances. Through his appearance on the programme, he's forced to get in touch with his estranged father. Alan recounts his childhood with his physically and psychologically abusive father, a relationship that tormented him long into adulthood. This is a powerful, emotional, gut-wrenching, but never self-pitying memoir. In fact, Alan acknowledges that his childhood is probably what made him the amazing actor he is today. The audiobook is a special experience. So it's narrated by Alan himself in his mischievous Scottish accent and the story is engrossing from start to finish. And I chose this one to talk about today because really I think this was the one that really got me hooked on e-audio. And um, I just enjoyed it so much and it was just a pleasure to listen to. So that was Not My Father's Son, written and narrated by Alan Cumming. Sounds great. Is it a long one? No, it's quite short, actually. I think it's all six hours, maybe. Shorter the better for me. <laughs> it sounds I, great, though. I read that book and it mm. was utterly engrossing mm. and, you know, tragic and revealing. And it was like a detective. I mean, digging mm. through your family history is such a kind of, it's such detective work to uncover new pieces of information that you didn't already know. Um, but I wish I had heard him tell me that oh, story. You still can. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, might, I might leave it a little while until I go back to it. But yes, it, if I yeah. revisit that book, it will be the audio version mm. because I feel like it would have been delivered or I would have absorbed it in a more powerful way. Yes. Can you absorb something in a powerful yeah. way? It's actually, yes, you can. Oh, great. <laughs> it's an interesting point because I think audio is a great way to revisit books as well. Mm. Great way to revisit the classics. True. Mm. Or books you may have read at school or when you were younger. I sometimes use it to visit books I might not read physically. Mm, absolutely. Why don't I tell you about one of those? Why yes, don't please you? Please do. <laughs> We're listening. Oh, great. In, uh, I'm going to talk about Light Between Oceans by M.L. Stedman. In 2012, this uh, book was released and it was incredibly popular at the time. Everyone's probably heard of it and read it already, however. It was re recommended to me as a colleague. It's long and it's sad and it's a family saga. You know, Natalie, you're going to love it. So <laughs> I popped it on my Belinda Borrow Box app and away I went. And the other thing that was incredibly appealing to me is that it was um, narrated by Noah Taylor, who has a fantastic voice. Uh, it's ten and a half hours long, Justine. So you just think <laughs> about this in your spare time, about whether you can spend that much time with Noah Taylor. But I had all the time in the world. For Noah Taylor. Um, the plot <laughs> of this book is basically a doozy of a moral dilemma. After four truly harrowing years fighting in World War I, Tom Sherborne returns to Australia and takes a job as a lighthouse keeper on a tiny island off the coast of West Australia. He meets and marries a spirited young woman named Isabel and they live together, just the two of them, on their tiny island with a lighthouse. 
After two tragic miscarriages and a stillbirth, Isabel is grief-stricken. One day, a boat washes up on the island, carrying a dead man and a living baby. After what is much too short an argument, Isabel and Tom keep the baby. Quite frankly, they should have argued a bit more about what to do, but it was very short. (laughs) But we would have had no book. Well, this is... Is that the problem, though? Um, (laughs) They basically decide to keep the baby, tell everyone it's theirs and raise it as their own. And when the real identity of the baby is revealed to Tom and Isabel several years later, they grapple with whether they should own up and tell the truth that they stole a baby from a boat. Um, this book started out by luring me into the dreamy and sad and heartbreaky kind of world of this, you know, windswept island via Noah Taylor's lovely lisp. But by the end, it bored me out of my mind <laughs> and I could not have cared less what Tom and Isabel chose to do. There was much hand-wringing. They should have snapped all their fingers off hand-wringing all the hand-wringing. Um, and the author was plucking at my heartstrings. I felt utterly manipulated. Um, I may have thrown this book into the sea if I had started reading a physical copy, but I confess I would have at least read half of it before it got to that point. I was gripped by the moral dilemma for at least half of the, certainly yeah. the audio version. Um, I would call it the audiobook equivalent of Downton Abbey. There's a great yes. deal of grief yep. and loss and there are dramatic looks between characters every five seconds, which, mm-hmm. believe it or not, can be conveyed Via yes. your ears, it's or just Noah very Taylor's long. Voice. <laughs> yeah, it's just very long passages where nothing happens. Total melodrama. It's so bad, I could not look away. I stayed till the end. At some point I was listening to this on a stationary bike at the gym, which is just utter madness in itself. (laughs) But I felt like I was going nowhere, literally. (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) I've got the giggle, sorry. (laughs) Don't apologise. I loved it. I read it as a normal book. Yep. And I actually really loved it. I found it very engaging. The whole way? Yeah. Oh. Uh, (laughs) I may have skimmed a little bit. Hmm. But generally, I thought, yeah, I was engrossed. Yeah. I didn't like the sound of it. I never read it. (laughs) And I'm not listening to 10 hours, even with Noah Taylor. You want to know something? I am so excited about the film. That is the kind of like, oh, yeah, like the sad drama. Have you not seen the poster where they're just already crying? Can I just say two words? Yes. Michael Fassbender. You can Mm. say more than two words if you want to. Mm. No. No, just... Just Michael Fassbender. Does that replace Stephen Fry? That's a question. Uh, he could also live in my house and <laughs> sit on the end of my bed. He can read you stories. Yeah. He might. I might have to move Stephen over. But yeah. <laughs> it's a big house. Moving on. Um, that was my embarrassing review of how I truly fent- felt about Light Between Oceans by M.L. Stedman. Loved it, hated it, loved it, hated it. Um, Justine. Yes, Natalie. Would you like to tell us about a book that you listened to and how you truly felt in your heart? I will. Please do. <laughs> well, luckily for me, although maybe unluckily for our listeners, because, I, I, you know, we should totally do a loved it, loathed it uh, yes. session one day. But uh, I have not today. I have picked for my second audiobook, The Fictional Woman by Tara Moss. Um, written and narrated by Tara Moss. Comes in just under 10 hours, 9 hours and 41 minutes, so it's a big commitment. Um, See, because you know how we were talking about the commute before? Well, podcasts have totally changed my commute and Mm. made it a joy. Yes, podcasts um, are amazing. uh, Just sprig a little bit for us, Natalie, there. Love it. Only only dear reader. (laughs) There are some other ones that are good, but we won't mention them. We won't mention them. Not as good. (laughs) 
<laughs> but um, yeah, so changing that to an audio book that I then have to stop and I may not have finished the chapter or I don't know, it just doesn't quite work for me. That said, I'd been meaning to read The Fictional Woman by Tara Moss. It's her first work of non-fiction, um, but I just hadn't gotten around to it. And then I saw it was available on our Borrow Box app. Thank you, Belinda Borrow Box and Melbourne Library Service. And um, as it was read by the author, which is, as you know, or by now, what I like, I thought, I'm going to give that one a go. It's marketed as a fascinating mix of memoir and social commentary, and I have to say that I agree with that statement 100%, especially the fascinating bit. Tara Moss has worn many labels in her time, including author, model, gold digger, commentor, inspiration, dumb blonde, feminist, and mother, among many others. In this book, she blends memoir and social analysis to examine the common fictions about women. She traces key moments in her life, from small-town tomboy in Canada to international fashion model in the 90s to best-selling author taking a polygraph test in 2002 to prove she writes her own work, and she weaves her own experiences into a broader look at everyday sexism and issues surrounding the underrepresentation of women, modern motherhood, body image, and the portrayal of women in politics, entertainment, advertising, and the media. It's deeply personal and revealing. This is more than just Tara Moss's own story. At once insightful, challenging, and entertaining, she asks, how can we change the old fictions one woman at a time? I absolutely loved having Tara Moss's voice in my head. And whilst I could probably have read the book quicker than I could listen to the audiobook, there was something really, really special having the author telling me about those key moments in her life, in her own voice, as though we were having a conversation. Her voice is expressive and enjoyable, warm and gentle on the ears, which is very important to me. I struggle to listen to audiobooks at all if the narrator's voice is anywhere close to grating, as you've heard. <laughs> One of the first uh, fictions Moss tackles is the sad truth that beauty and intelligence are often seen as mutually exclusive. But why? When did this way of thinking come about? And why do we do so little to challenge it? She tackles this and other fictions with plenty of humour, intelligence and smart, succinct writing. She shows that being assigned one sex or the other at birth is only the tiniest part of what makes you a modern man or woman. She supports her views with hard stats, and although she is clearly speaking from a position of privilege, she recognises this and offers us not only her own stories, but the stories of women from all over the world. I found her an articulate writer and speaker, and this book both enjoyable and thought-provoking without being preachy definitely recommended. In fact, I think this should be part of the curriculum at all high schools. If we want to change the fictions around women, we need to get them young. So that was Tara Moss, narrated by uh, the fictional woman, narrated by, written by and narrated by Tara Moss. I loved the audiobook of that. I listened to that as well. And then after I listened to it, I went and listened to her first uh, fiction book in the Mercady Vanderwall series. Um, and she read that as well. And it was utterly captivating. And her new book, Speaking Out, is available through Belinda as well. And I've she seen narrates it, it too. I'm going to get it. I have it on reserve. <laughs> I'm very excited. Yeah. Ta but Tara is incredibly articulate. And, you know, some books are written to be on the page and some books are written to be read and her work is written to be read. It just really comes to life that. when she says it. Yeah, I could have read it and I would have gotten a lot from it, but I actually don't think I would have gotten the same as hearing her passion and her... Oh, just her, her intelligence comes through in her voice and, and her research really comes through mm. and, and the fact that she's, she's so meticulous and articulate and just, yeah, I really um, I loved it. I mm. definitely recommend it. Me too. Mm. Sounds fantastic. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Another one from my list. 
never-ending list? TBL list. <laughs> to be listened to, to list. <laughs> I love it. TBLT list. <laughs> All right, Shelley. Sounds is- like a sandwich. <laughs> A yummy, yummy, crunchy sandwich. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Off you go, Shirley. What's your next book? Uh, The next book I'm going to talk about is A Week in December, written by Sebastian Fawkes and read by British actor Colin Mace, an actor I'd never heard of before, but he does read this very well. So it's a brilliant depiction of modern-day London. The story takes place over a week at the end of 2008, and it's written from multiple viewpoints and... The characters at first seem to be living separate lives, but gradually, as the story unfolds, their relationship to each other is revealed. So the characters include Jenny, a tube driver, who's being sued by the family of a young man who jumped in front of her train. Gabriel, a young lawyer struggling for clients, is appointed to defend Jenny in court. Hassan, a young Muslim boy born in the UK, who finds it hard to fit in at school and university. He struggles with his identity until he falls in with a radical Islamic group. John Veals, a cold-hearted wheeler-dealer who's almost like something from Dickens, has made millions in dodgy financial transactions. R.L. Tranter, a bitter, cynical book reviewer, nominated for a literary prize for his biography of a little-known Victorian writer. Now, I did say earlier that when you listen to fiction, it needs to be not that complicated. This is actually quite a complex story, but it's totally engrossing and it builds to a very powerful conclusion. So normally um, with audiobooks, if the plot's too complicated, you tend to tune out a bit or you just can't follow it properly. But it's really not the case with this one. And maybe it's something to do with the narrator or perhaps it's just great writing because Sebastian Fawkes is a particularly amazing writer. And I first heard about this book when I visited an organisation in the UK called The Reading Agency. They work with UK libraries and they encourage people to read. So they're great people, obviously. Obviously. Our favourite kind. (laughs) In fact, their mission statement is because everything changes when we read, which I think is quite beautiful. Mm. And I asked them to recommend significant London books for Melbourne readers, and this was one of them. And I do think it is just, it's a great depiction of modern day London Mm. through the different characters. Mm. So that was A Week in December, written by Sebastian Fawkes and read by Colin Mace. And that's available on our digital platform, One Click Digital. And can I tell you something quite interesting about One Click? Yes. You never have to wait. We have this thing called simultaneous access with them. And um, it means that I think it's something like 100 people at any one time can be listening to the same audiobook. Which is brilliant. That's amazing. Because yeah, often I get a bit frustrated with e-audio and having to wait for it. Because it doesn't make any sense, does it? And it won't, no. I'm sure it won't continue to be the case for much longer. But until mm. publishers and authors figure out, I suppose, how the revenue streams continue yeah. uh we still have that on some of our platforms but i think yeah one click digital that's amazing it's fantastic i tell you what though i don't mind a reserves shelf waiting for some titles to come in because i'm so greedy i've often got two audiobooks on the go and it's probably better that there's four more that i can't get immediately <laughs> so i kind of wade through them one at a time mm. but, but mine I- all come in at once uh yes. yes well that's murphy and his law really mm. isn't it <laughs> <laughs> all right natalie 
Did you like this one any better? Oh, I loved oh, this one. Okay. I was holding my breath. <laughs> I loved this one. Um, I listened to A Spool of Blue Thread by Anne Tyler, uh, released in 2015. Another really incredibly popular book when it was released. It was shortlisted for the Man Booker Prize in 2015. It's read by a terrible narrator. Let's just get that out of the way. Her name's Kimberly Farr and she has this awful, <laughs> grating, sing-song baby voice. Oh. But the story is so compelling, I totally ignored her for 13 and a half hours. Mm. Um, it so a Spool of Blue Thread tells the story of four generations of the Witchshank family whose lives are all centred around the one house in Baltimore that has been home to these generations of the same family. The story bounces between the 1920s, and 1950s and the present, which is sort of the early 2000s. Um, Abby Witchshank, the present-day matriarch, likes to tell stories about how she and her husband Red met. But um, with all good stories, it's the bits that are left out that really paint the picture of what's going on. And by the end of the book, you really have a really clear idea of these things these four generations. Um, It's a sentimental and ultimately very lovely story about normal people with flaws doing normal flawed things. There are no explosions, no aliens, no big reveals, just normal people in a family living their lives. And sometimes nothing happens, but that's actually beautiful to me. I read somewhere uh, someone described Anne Tyler's work by saying you do not open an Anne Tyler book, you enter an Anne Tyler world. And enter it I did. Mm-hmm. I felt myself immersed in the story and invested to see how each one of these dramas played out. This is Anne Tyler's 20th book and she is a master of the family saga. I have 19 they, more to they, catch up and on. And they are all the same. I, I, don't, I don't know whether you would need to bother reading many more Anne Tyler books because they are generally all the same. Should I just have stopped, stop at this one that maybe, I love? Maybe, right. maybe. It's okay. not about the destination, it's the journey. Yeah. Uh, conflicting gonna- advice. <laughs> oh, I also listened to this. I it really bored me. I because it's so long. I think I listened to about half of it, and mm. I thought, well, I'm invested in it now. Should I go on? But then I was like, no. So I, I think I listened to the last hour just to find out what happened. And nothing. Nothing happened. <laughs> not not a lot. <laughs> Spoiler alert. No. No, no, but I think I think Anne Tyler books are not about no. the uh, the big reveal. There is no, no such thing. They very slowly reveal things about journey, characters. Like yeah. What are do we have any? Are we listening to anything? Are we looking forward to listening any, to anything? I'm really looking forward to the new Tara Moss. To listening to that. Yes, yes. absolutely. Speaking out sounds so really interesting. I'm looking forward to to listening to that. Absolutely, and I will probably listen to it because I just thoroughly enjoyed her voice in my head. It's very few, uh, you know, voices that I really like as much as hers. It's just it's just warm and lovely. Mm. I like her. Mm. I'm listening to Hannah Kent's latest book, mm. The Good People. Does she read it? She doesn't read it. It's read by, I think she must be an actress, an mm-hmm. Irish actress, so the voice oh, wow. is, is perfect That makes for sense, it. Yeah. 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 So, so atmospheric. Mm. Yeah. That's an Great. Interest- I read that book. It was an interesting read. Yeah. Guess what? I just remembered. What? Ooh. One of the books I have on hold is an Anne Tyler book. <laughs> <laughs> it's Vinegar Girl, her retelling oh. of the Shakespeare's I listened to Taming that. of the Shrew. Oh, you that did? That quite good. Will I like it? I think so. It was yes. very gentle, plot-driven. Yeah, it's good. Excellent. I liked it. Mm. I want an Anne Tyler bender. I wouldn't mind getting a recommendation for a fiction audiobook <gasps> that is under... Oh, seven hours. Under seven hours. I don't <laughs> what know is that, about like that. like under 200 pages? You're looking at a short oh, story. No. Can I give you a recommendation for one that had me blushing on the train? Oh, yes, please. Oh, steamy. Maestra by Alice oh. Hilton. 
That was, it's Grip Lit. Okay. No, in the vein of Gone Girl and um. Girl on the Train. Um, set in the London art world. Interesting. Honestly, it got a bit silly, but <laughs> oh my goodness, explicit. I, I sat there on the train thinking, I hope no one can hear what I'm listening to here. <laughs> That's the beauty of audio. It's the beauty yes. of headphones, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yes. You can be listening to just about anything, and some of us yeah. are. Some of us are indeed. Yes. Well, I think that's our show. Thank you so much for joining us today, Shirley. That oh, was a blast. What an absolute pleasure. Yeah, Thank super you. Super fun. Thank you pleasure. for your audio expertise. Thank you. Pleasure and an honour. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, you can read our show notes, including a list of the books we discussed, on our Goodreads page, which you can find on our website at www.melbournelibraryservice.com.au and on the Read page. We'd also love you to tell us what you've been reading or listening to or ask us for a recommendation. You can tweet us at M-E-L-B-L-A-B-R-A-R-Y with the hashtag Dear Reader or join the conversation on Goodreads. Don't forget you can download Dear Reader episodes at SoundCloud or iTunes by searching for Melbourne Library Service and subscribing. And the wonderful music on our program is courtesy of Mr Ben Mason. Check out more of his music at www.benmason.com.au. And until next time, and more than ever, dear reader, thanks for listening.